Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Happy Sunday. And wow, we are almost done really with the summer, at least the hard part of the summer. And I'm hoping that cool weather comes before October. So if you've lived here in Phoenix a long time, you know the drill. I mean, summer feels like your junior year in college. It just keeps going. And then finally, it's over. And oh my gosh, we're right into winter. So I'm excited for that. And I'm hoping that you are up for this show. I think that you're going to enjoy it. This is, um, this is a show I think is very timely, and it is called Cohabitation, Adult Children at Home. And we have this huge influx of our adult children moving in with us, moving back in with us, or never leaving. And so we have a whole different way of living than we might have had 30, 40, even 20 years ago. And I know when I was um, graduating from college, I was very excited to move out of my parents' home and and really start my own life. And there was a lot of things that were helping that to happen. And so today we have a very, very different world. It is far more complicated. It's a lot harder to get kids to launch. And some of the problem is they may not actually want to launch. Maybe they tried. It didn't work. They have to move back home. You know, we have, we have different reasons why our adult children are living with us. It may be that they're finished, finished with college and they can't find a job. It may be that they really got out there, tried to make it happen. Finances wouldn't allow it. The job wasn't what it was supposed to be. They weren't able to make the money they needed to make, and they had to move back home. Or they needed more education to get the job they really wanted. So they moved back home and went back to school. Maybe we have a situation where we have an adult child that had a a tragedy. Maybe they went through a divorce and they have children, and now they're having to try to regroup a little bit. Maybe we have children that struggle with addictions, and so their life fell apart and they have to move back home and try to get their feet on the ground. And it could be that these are people in their 20s, could be people in their 30s, could be people in their 40s. And so we find ourselves as adult parents you know, actually seeing our children again. And what I first want you to remember, if you are having people over the age of 21, 23, I want you to firstly remember that the parenting days are over, so to speak. So this means that the old authority and the responsibility is gone. However, I want you to remember that you're teaching your your children, your kids, until the day you die. So if they are in your home, if they are not in your home, I want you to realize that your children are watching you every day of your life. They are learning from you how to live whatever age you are. So if you are in your 50s, they're learning what the 50s look like. If you're in your 60s, if you're in your 70s, if you're in your 80s, 
they are learning how you manage that decade. And so it's important that you understand that you still have a lot to offer them other than just a house and, and money. And so you're teaching them how to live until the day that you die. So live well, because you are never of no consequence. It's your life means something every day that you are here on the planet. And so I want you to choose to have it have meaning, even if it's teaching children what not to do. That's meaningful as well. So the other advantage to adult children moving home is the ability to create some new history. So you can be the person that you really wanted to be in their life. You can, you can look back and say, you know, I was too controlling. I was too uptight. I was judgmental. Um, I was too hyper-concerned. Or maybe you were an apathetic parent. Maybe you were too involved in your life while they were growing up. Maybe you had an addiction that you had to heal from. Maybe you went through a divorce that, that created wounds and, and complications for your adult children. Well, having them come back into your home many times means that if we do it right, we can get some real healing done. But you want to remember that as you create history, you're not parenting this child. You're not redoing the parenting you wanted to do. You're redoing or undoing the relationship that you may have had in the past. So even if, you want the, want you, even if they want you to stay the parent, you need to resist this because it only inhibits their maturation process and it causes horrible feelings and damage and it causes tremendous amounts of regression. So even if they want to come home and have you be the mom, have you be the dad, you need to say to yourself, I will always be your mom, I will always be your dad. But you are an adult. You need to figure this out. We are here to support you figuring it out. We're not here to tell you how to do it, to tell you what to do, what not to do, to, to come back into your life and start the parenting process all over again. What we do when we have adult children living at home is we give them the opportunity to have a safe place to figure out how to get back out into the world and make their life happen. It's imperative that we keep this as the mission, as the vision. See, it can be really intimidating to, to really face moving forward with children and, and, to not, and to resist going backwards, especially because maybe we have made mistakes. And some of those mistakes have some, some lasting consequences, and we're having, to, we're having to look at those ourselves. And we're having to face the fact that, wow, maybe I didn't do things the way that I wanted to do it, or shoulda, coulda, woulda, if only then type of a feeling. It's impossible to undo that. What you want to do is practice moving forward. If there are any types of, of apologies or taking responsibility or, or stepping up and saying, hey, I don't like how I handled that back then or I wish I would have done this differently, I think it's in incredibly helpful, very life-giving, when we say to people, you know, we have some past here, and, and I don't like what the past is, and I wish I would have done it differently, or I wish I would have known what I know now. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you, or I'm sorry if I overparented. I'm sorry if I was controlling. These types of things, this doesn't mean that you're demeaning yourself or taking away from the position that you have as a parent. 
It means that you're simply giving some validation for what their experience was. And, and one of the things that, that is most powerful about validation is that we are simply validating the person's experience, their interpretation of it, the feelings that they had. We are not necessarily saying that it's true. And that's imperative because really validating someone's experience is one of the bedrock um, issues of relationship building. So if a client comes in and talks to me and I know that much of what they are saying is an interpretation that is inappropriate, inaccurate, immature, whatever it may be, if, if I start to attack the experience telling them it's not true, I'm not going to be able to get them to the other side. They will have to then defend themselves. They will feel disconnected from me and abandoned. So when we are validating adult children's experiences, simply what we are saying to them is, I'm sorry I didn't turn out the way that you needed it to. I, I hate that that happened to you. When they are telling us difficult things about ourselves, what we want to say to them is, you know, I'm just glad you're sharing with me, no matter how painful it is for me to hear. I need to hear it. I want to know. I want to know what happened back there. If you think I'm to blame, if I'm part of the reason that you are not moving forward, I certainly would like to know it. I don't know if there's anything I can do other than be who I need to be to you today. But I can certainly be sympathetic and compassionate about whatever it is that I contributed to your growing up years. This can be wonderfully healing and reparative. Now, there always is those boundaries that we're going to talk about. And those boundaries mean that while I can validate your experience, it doesn't change the fact that you still need to do what you need to do to get on with your life. So we're not going to live in this perpetual blame game that I can't move forward because I didn't get the parents I needed to have. That, that doesn't fly. Nobody on the planet gets the parents that they needed. <laughs> the only perfect parent is God, and he knows he's giving children to mistake-making people. He's very aware of the fact that there are no perfect parents on the planet, and he still continues to give people children. So you want to make sure that that boundary is very clear. I can hear your experience, I can care about it, I can talk through it with you, but the bottom line is the past is over and there's nothing we can do but move forward. And so what do we need to do to move forward? Now, if that means that you all go into some family therapy, I would really recommend that. If that helps an adult child move forward, if that helps to have the relationship that you would all like to have as adults, it can be a wonderfully helpful, very healing experience. So we're going to talk more about this whole idea of children living with parents, adult children now living with their parents, how to do that well, how to have that be life-giving for all involved, how to know how to help people move forward, and how to really be able to clean up the past if that's possible. But more than anything, to really find ways to have very fulfilling relationships in that transition process and really helping 
to move into the future that God has for us and to do it in a meaningful way and to make sure that we truly are recognizing that God has a reason for all that is happening and that God knows what's going on in the lives of our adult children and when they need to move home and how we can be a safe place without being enabling. We can be a safe place without being codependent and having them hijack our lives. And we can make sure that when they leave, it's a really wonderful launching and ascending them back out into the world to do it successfully. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue with this idea of cohabitation, adult children living at home. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk Radio. I'm glad you joined me today, and our topic, if you're just joining in, is cohabitation, adult children living at home. And wow, how powerful that is. We have so much of that happening in our, in our country right now. And so we're talking about ways to do this well, how to really be helpful, how to make sure that we are taking advantage of this time that we're living with adult children to either launch them back out into the world, repair what has ever been done in the past, help them to really truly move forward. And if not, if we have a disabled adult child, how to do that and do that well. And it really all comes down to boundaries. So it's imperative as you move forward to appropriately supporting an adult child that you recognize that all the while they're your child, they're still an adult. And we really need to respect that. And so it's imperative for them, even if they want to act like a child, that we respect them as an adult. We can still be loving and nurturing and kind and supportive and safe and that really great support person. But we're not going to parent any longer. Those days are over. So if you see things that you know, maybe a result of, of your parenting or lack of parenting, you really need to let that be God's problem. You need to start today with, this is an adult child, adult, and I need to have the expectation of an adult, and I need to be able to support them being an adult so that I don't encourage any regression. And so when we're dealing with adult children that are struggling in their life, whether or not they want to move back home or not, what I do want to give you is this very helpful Bible verse. And this is from Proverbs 22.6, and it's the International uh, Standard Version. And this says, Train a child in the way appropriate for him, and when he becomes older, he will not turn from it. And some other versions say, Train a child in the way they are to go, and he will not, he will not defer. He will, he will not turn away. And a lot of this beautiful Proverbs is really telling us that if we put in some of those necessary things into them, values, um, a Christian home, they're not going to turn from it. And, and many studies show us that our parenting really doesn't show up until a kid is in their 40s. And that's kind of when we start to see what job we did as a parent. So if this verse frightens you, like, and you're thinking, Cynthia, I didn't do those things. I just recently became a Christian. 
or I was a Christian and I wasn't a mature adult and a mature parent. I didn't do the things I needed to do. Then what you want to remind yourself is, regardless of our parenting, these people, these children still belong to God, and he still is ultimately the parent, and he was still parenting all the while you had those children. So if you don't like the history that you have with your kids, if you don't think you did a good job, you need to say to yourself, I did what I did. I did what I could. And God knew that that was the parent I was going to be and still gave that child to me. I am not going to fall into condemnation. I'm going to be the adult support parent that they need today. So I'm getting a mulligan. I get to redo some of those things. Not necessarily undo, per se. We can't go back in time, but we can go forward. You can be the parent they need today. And so it's important that if we did do a lot of really good things and we're thinking to ourselves, what happened? Our kid is going crazy. They are doing things we did not teach them. You need to remind yourself the same thing. God has been parenting all along. This child still belongs to God. We don't have families in heaven like that. We don't have marriages and families. We are all God's children. When we go to heaven, we are all his, we are his bride, his children. So you need to remind yourself that parenting, being a parent, is a temporary job. And so God is trusting us, and he's knowing that he's trusting mistake-making people. He is not naive to the people he gave children to. So if you are, are one of those parents and you're thinking to yourself, this kid is going crazy, this is not how we parented them, you need to refer back to this verse, Proverbs 22, 6. You train a child in the way appropriate for him. When he becomes older, he will not turn from it. And you can trust that God, we did do some good training. We're going to trust that he will not turn from it. And as this child gets older, we will start to see parts of that training come out. And if you didn't, you still need to refer to this verse and recognize that God was parenting with you all along and that he is very committed to this child. He will make sure that this child gets to where that child needs to be and becomes the person that God intended for them to be. So if you didn't know God at that time, you need to recognize that God has already made provision for that. So whatever kind of parent you were, God has made provision. So God knew exactly who he was giving this child to. So this is the time for creating some new history and giving corrective experiences. That's what we call it. So this child is moving back into your home or this child has never left. What you want to say is we are over the age of 21, over the age of 23. That means that from this point forward, we are not parenting. We are supporting this young person, this young adult to be the person that God has called them to be. And we are going to set those appropriate boundaries. And we are going to trust God, that God knows exactly what needs to happen. So that means if we need to set hardcore boundaries that mean say things like, here's the expectation of living in this home. If you are not li- willing to live within that, you cannot live here. Even if that means we don't think they have anywhere to go. Part of truly being a good parent is trusting God and trusting that that person has destiny. And the way they find it many times is very frightening for us as humans, but not for God. So let's look at a couple of scenarios that we may be looking at. 
when adult children are living at home. Number one, they've never been fully independent. So they go away to college, they move back home. While they're looking for a job, they've never left. Maybe they've tried to move out, but they can't seem to make it. They keep moving back home. Scenario number two, maybe they've been successful, but they have a crisis or a setback, and they need to get their feet back on the ground, such as maybe they were laid off their job. Maybe they went through a divorce. They were seriously injured or sick. They want to come back because they need to, to do more school to get a better job. This situation may warrant some financial support, some different types of extensive involvement, but this should, not, this should be very time-limited and commensurate with how effective the intervention is. So when this scenario number two, generally these kids don't want to be home. They're the ones that find themselves at home and they can't believe they're there and they're mad that they're there. So this may have to have some parenting issues. And I don't mean parenting in terms of a three-year-old or a five-year-old. I mean really coming alongside and doing some really concrete things to help them get out. Scenario number three, maybe they have a mental illness, depression, addictions, legal problems. They may be struggling with a lot of immaturity. This requires different intervention and always requires very strict boundaries with appropriate consequences. This may feel a little bit more parental than the previous um, scenarios, but they all are warranting very specific boundaries. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We're at the end of the hour, and we're going to look at this cohabitation issue of adult children living at home. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just joining in and you are not able, have not been able to listen to the show in its entirety, I always want to encourage you to visit the website, and that is CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And you can find the shows and always the latest and most current shows on that website as well. And make sure that you uh, look at my Facebook page, that's Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter for lots of helpful, inspirational things for you in your day. So we are talking about cohabitation, adult children living at home. And I introduced the, the Proverbs 22.6, and this is, Train a child in the way they are to go, and when he becomes older, he will not turn from it. This is a trust issue with God. When we have adult children living at home, we can, as parents, really fall into condemnation and really think, I'm the one that did this. I didn't prepare them. I didn't train them up. Maybe you weren't a Christian at the time. Maybe you got divorced. Maybe you had your own set of, of issues that you were working out. Maybe you did everything really, quote, unquote, right, and they're still struggling. Well, it's important that if you're going to really be good, helpful adult supporters— that you, you really manage your own issues, that you're not trying to, to fix something so you feel better. You're really just saying, it, this, it is what it is. And we've done the best that we can, and God knew this, and God is not shocked or surprised by the circumstances. He already has a plan for this, and we need to trust him. We need to relax and move forward. We deal with the present, and we work toward the future. If things in the past have not been resolved or need to be resolved, then we make sure that we resolve those. 
we're not trying to go back and redo a whole bunch of stuff. What we're doing, and we talked about this in the last scenario, is we are giving corrective experiences, which means if I didn't respond to you emotionally like I should have in the past, I'm going to do it now. If I didn't have good boundaries in the past, I'm going to have them now. If I didn't know how to help you in the past, I'm going to educate myself so that I can know how I actually can help you, if I can help you at all. And to really trust that this child belongs to God, and God is far more invested in this child's well-being and their eternity than you could ever be. So we talked about these three scenarios that we had. We have scenario number one. This is the kid that has never really been independent. So they've gone away to college, and they're moving back home while they're looking for a job, or they tried to move out after high school, couldn't seem to make it. They keep moving back home. Or they haven't even left home yet, and they're 30, and we can't get, seem to get them out of the house. So this one requires, obviously, intense boundaries and appropriate expectations. Scenario number two, this kid has been successfully independent but had a, has a crisis or a setback. And so they kind of need to get their feet back on the ground. These kids are usually the ones that don't want to be back at home. That in and of itself is stressful for them. They feel ashamed, frustrated, angry, whatever that may be. So they may have been laid off of a successful job. Maybe they've gone through a divorce. Maybe they were injured. Maybe they got sick. Um, maybe because of the layoff, they have to go back to school and need to, so that they can get that better job. And this situation may warrant some financial support and some extensive involvement. Might feel a little regressive for you as a parent, as a parent, because maybe we're again looking at supporting more education. Maybe we're helping to clean up some financial problems. Be that as it may, we still want to have very specific expectations. It is time limited, and it is also commensurate with how effective that intervention is, which means if the intervention isn't working, we stop putting money into it. It also means that we have appropriate expectations that require that there be some resolution. The third one is we have a kid that has a mental illness. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they have addictions. They have legal problems. Maybe they're, they're having varying degrees of, of immaturity. This requires maybe intervention, treatment, therapy. This has, needs very strict boundaries and this situation is going to be a lot more parental. But we still need to remind ourselves we're not the parents. We're needing to role model healthy adult behavior, have healthy adult expectations. We need this person to grow up. So each scenario has different degrees of intervention, but it always revolves around boundaries. So as we come uh, upon the, this, um, this break that we're, we're going to be having, I want you to, to think about where does my kid fit into this? Where do I fit into this? And I, I'm going to continue to remind you this is a boundary issue. And I want you to look online. There's lots of books that have been written about adult children and children moving back home and how to have good boundaries with adult kids, how to make sure we're not enabling these kids, and how to make sure that we as parents are not trying to get all of our needs met and get our issues fixed because we think we messed up with these kids, or making sure that we're not getting all caught up in getting our good feelings from our kids. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and I'll see you in the next segment.
Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. And I always want to remind you that if you're just joining in, you can listen to this show on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. We are talking about adult children moving back home. And we left off with really talking about these three different scenarios. And I'm not going to do an entire show on boundaries. I want to make sure that you go to the website and there is a show on boundaries so that you can listen to that. But all of this issue of adult children moving back home is about boundaries and having appropriate boundaries and expectations. So let's talk about this kid that moves back home. Uh, but they've never really necessarily been financially success- successful, maybe, or, or independent. Maybe they went to college and they moved back home. Maybe they're in college, they finished college, and they haven't left. So you want to think about this kid that has actually lived outside of your house and what things we're going to face when they move back in. Because there's going to be some major shifts at your home, and these shifts have a lot to do with lifestyle. So we want to think about this idea that, number one, there's going to be a decrease in privacy for everyone. And that just kind of comes with the territory. So cleaning up after someone else, right, you might begin to notice things like laundry stacking up outside their door. Maybe they don't clean up their dishes. Maybe um, they're not filling up the car with gas if they're borrowing your car, if they don't have a car. These types of things you want to think about, that's kind of high school. So even though they are still our kid and they're moving home and we don't feel like they are able to actually be fully independent, we're not going to treat them like a high schooler or a junior higher. We're going to treat them as their age and what that age means. And so that age of 21 and over means they really have the ability physiologically, emotionally to take care of themselves. The world may not be supporting that in terms of finances. This is a very difficult, complicated world to be independent in. But that does not mean they can't act like an independent adult in your home. And when I mean independent, I mean polite, courteous, um, aware that they are not living in a home that is theirs. And that needs to be really said to them. We, we don't want to be saying these th- things like this to these kids, or to any of our kids. You'll always have a bedroom here. We do not want to be saying those things. I know it sounds really sweet and nice and kind, but it doesn't help people move on and do their life. We really need to make sure that they understand they're living in your home. That this is the family home because that's the home maybe they grew up in. Or maybe you guys have moved out and you live in a condo now and maybe used to live in a big house. They need to understand that if they're not financially contributing to the upkeep of that home, it's not their home. Which means if it's not your home and you are visiting, because this is what we want to be really getting these kids to think This is a visit. This is not you living here for the rest of your life. You are visiting. How do visitors live? Now, I know that sounds really kind of harsh, but it's a mindset that you want this adult child to have. That, hey, if you you were going and living with your aunt and uncle, if you were going and, and living with your older brother or sister, what would you be like in their home? Well, we don't want regressive behavior where they move back and act like a junior higher in our own home. So feeding and cooking for an extra person. We want to be talking about those things. What are the expectations? 
Do we expect them to be home every night for dinner? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. That might be kind of ridiculous. I don't know if that would. We have to talk about fitting into their lifestyle. Are they expecting us to cook for them? Well, we need to talk about that. What does that look like? Does that mean then that part of your money that you are making goes into buying the food that I'm going to make for you? It's these types of things. It might be that you say, you know, let's do this for a one-year time. Let's let's project out one year. The first three months, you're kind of getting your feet back on the ground, okay? Second three months, what we're going to look at is what are you contributing? What kind of money are you contributing to this? If you can't contribute money to the home, then you might need to be doing other responsibilities, taking care of the pool, taking care of the pets, um, doing, doing all the laundry for everybody that lives here, cooking meals. If you don't cook, then you're the one that does the dishes and cleans out the dishwasher. You're the one that cleans the house if you don't have any money. Then this is how you contribute. And so we're requiring that they get the feeling of being an adult, that they're not on this perpetual vacation waiting for their life to somehow happen. So we want to be making sure that we are making these timelines that are realistic. So if they say, hey, I only need to be here for a month, you may need to say, okay, but let's just project out three or six months if it takes that long. What does that look like? Let's talk about what it looks like when you're ready to leave. What would that look like? How much money would you have in the bank? Would you have a job? Would you have, uh, be owning a car? What does that look like? How would we know that you were ready to move out? And so adult children moving back home, this is a lot of emotional, financial, and physical strain. So when we're setting boundaries, we're making sure that we're going from the beginning to set the ground rules for the new arrangement. We don't figure it out as we go along. We always have to figure some things out as we go along. But we want to make sure that we have as many things in place as we can. So you also, for adult kids, make it hard work. You want to expect your child to take care of his or her own needs, laundry, cleaning his room, bathroom, cooking meals. He doesn't necessarily have to eat with the family. But they have to be grown adults and take care of themselves away from home. They have to do it when they're at home. And so that doesn't mean if they're coming home and they're crushed and they're despondent that we're acting like the military. We can have lots of compassion at the same time we require these things that help them not to just completely regress because that takes a lot of energy to get them moving back again. And I always am saying to people, God cannot steer a parked car. So we don't want them to just come home and park and their life stops and they just go out or watch TV for 12 and 15 hours a day or video games, these types of things. You know, you may really want to consider charging rent. This is very helpful for kids, even if it's only $25 a week. That in and of itself helps them to keep a mindset that I didn't move home and become a kid again. They need to contribute. Even if you say something like, you know, you're going to pay us $100 a month. And you and your partner, your husband, you can say, and at the end of six months, maybe we'll give them that $600 back as a way to launch them. But they need to be finding, they need to feel the pressure of an adult life. And so it's important that, that you really set those boundaries about time as well and what you're doing. So if you're going out and you're not going to come home that evening, then you at least need to tell us. That's called courtesy. If you want to say to them, this is how our house works, you know, you can't be coming home at 1 a.m. in the morning or 3 a.m. in the morning and making a ton of noise. 
You're living with us, and we work, and we need to sleep. So if you're going and spending the weekend at your friends, great. Make sure you let us know. It's these types of things that ask them and require them to be a grown adult, saying this is how adults live. They take care of their stuff. They make sure that they are, they are not infringing on other people's rights, and they manage their life, and they're courteous. So if, if adults are living together, they let each other know what's going on. They say, hey, you know, I was going to come home. You expected me to come home, but I won't be home. I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to spend the night with my buddy, and I'll be back in the morning. Fine. Because you have to remember, we're not trying to infuse value systems any longer. If they don't have the value system you raised them with or the one you're currently living with, the boundary that you say is you can't, you can't participate in that lifestyle in this house, but we're not going to tell you what you're doing outside the house. That means if you don't allow smoking, they need to smoke outside. If, they, if you don't allow drinking, they need to not have alcohol in the house, and they need to not be coming home stumbling drunk. So you need to say to them, your lifestyle is your lifestyle. But while you're in this home, you're not going to disrupt our lifestyle, which means that they need to kind of fit into yours. And it's really not wrong to require that. You don't want your life to change around them. That doesn't help them. That's also extremely enabling. So you demand to see progress. And you say, we need to know what's going on. Did you get that job? Are you, are you interviewing? What are you looking at doing? How's the school going? How are your grades? Are you saving money? These types of things that, that is not unrealistic to ask for because what you're saying to them is you're here temporarily. We love having you here. We love having you around. But our job always is to get you out into the world doing the life that God has called you to do. So that is our job. So we need to see that progress, and we need to make sure that we are helping that move along as best as we can. Because if it's not moving along, that is a different scenario. And so you talk about the stress that the situation is going to cause you, and you talk it out, and you discuss it before that person moves back in, and you problem-solve together, and you make sure that if this is this is a, a, you have married somebody else, you're living with somebody else, and you have their child moving in, that you and that partner talk about what are appropriate expectations. And you talk about, hey, if this is my son and not your son, this is what I'm asking us to do. And so as a team, we say, what are we doing? How far are we going to go? Because you don't want that adult child to come in, divide and conquer your relationship and to get into that type of aggressive behaviors. That your relationship, just as it was if you were parenting little kids, is always primary. So we take care of our spouse or partner before we take care of our kids, always. So scenario number two, they've had this huge setback, they've been injured, they're sick, they've had a divorce, and so they've had a significant amount of time being independent. They've had their own life. This is the 30-year-old that moves back home from a divorce. This is the 45-year-old that got laid off from their job or, or has, has, has cancer or, you know, has been injured. This is, this is the scenario where we have an adult that really has been very independent. 
and they have crashed and burned. So how do we help this kid? Well, a lot of that has to do with respecting the progress and respecting the success that they have had and making sure, as in scenario number one, that we really talk about the expectations. Now, this, this scenario may really require some, some financial intervention. Maybe they're going through a bankruptcy, and you may need to forward some funds to them that they have to live on for the next six months. What I would encourage you to do is say this is a loan. If you want to give it as a gift, you need to clarify that. Otherwise, it is a loan. And it is important for their own self-worth and self-esteem to be able to really pay that back and to be able to make that restitution. And so this can get very complicated, but they need to have a lot more privacy than the kid that is, that is moving home from college. This person is devastated. This person, is, their life has fallen apart. Maybe they've messed it up, whatever that may be, but they are devastated. This person really needs some therapy as well. And we want to be careful to, to make sure that we look at what would happen if there are some mental illnesses that are happening, some addictions. And so that's scenario number three with these mental health uh, issues and addictions. This requires much more intervention. I would really recommend you get the help of a therapist for you and, uh, as a couple. If you are single and having an adult child that has this type of issue m- moving back in, you really need the help of a therapist. Because this is, these are serious boundary issues. And when we have a 35-year-old, a 45-year-old that is depressed, that has an active addiction, we want to make sure that our life doesn't go down because that won't help them at all. So we want to make sure that we're not getting into unhealthy rescuing, that we're not trying to save, quote-unquote, save that adult child. So again, I recommend tons of books online that you can't go wrong with when it comes to adult children and boundaries. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. God bless you in this uh, next week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.